When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Deep Cuts Lost and Found. This is round number 39. This is our penultimate episode in season two. We are looking at the year 2005. It's a podcast with a whole bunch of best friends. We all went to high school together back in 1987 in Eden, Massachusetts. I'm here with Bill Federico, Derek Brain, Rich Air, Chris Nashawadi, myself, Thomas Golubich. We're going to be looking at some of our favorite overlooked songs from the year 2005. No big hits. Nothing obvious, just stuff that we think is really special and we want to share it with you. Welcome to the show. So how does it feel that this is our penultimate show for the second season? I'm just laughing that you keep saying penultimate <laughs> because Rob may be returning for our ultimate show. And he's the one in high school who thought penultimate meant like even better than ultimate. <laughs> like, oh, that was really good. He's like, no, man, that was penultimate. I'm like, I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, I think it's I think it's fair to haze him when he's on next week. Yes. But, Not but, enough yeah, sunshine. We've got a nice little head start. Sure. <laughs> totally. That's right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the year 2005. Do we have someone doing history this week? It is me. I am the town crier this week. Um, town crier. 2005, Hurricane Katrina was the big news. Broke the levees in uh, New Orleans and um, flooded 80% of the city. Uh, but not to be forgotten, it also devastated Mississippi and Alabama. YouTube was founded in 2005. On the political front, Tony Blair was elected PM. Angelina Merkel was elected Chancellor of Germany. And W was sworn in for a second term. On the uh, high-profile deaths front, <laughs> John Paul II died, um, leading to uh, Benedict XVI. And over 4 million mourners flocked to the Vatican. Peter Jennings passed away, Johnny Carson, Richard Pryor, and Hunter S. Thompson, whose ashes were shot off in a cannon partially funded by Johnny Depp who starred in a ill-advised remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Here, here. Not good. Not good. The Pats beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Woo! The best-selling album was Mariah Carey's Emancipation of Mimi. At the movie theater, uh, the big hit was Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where we finally got to see how Anakin Skywalker became the disfigured Darth Vader. Yes. And the reason he turned to the dark side is because his wife was having some trouble giving birth? Something like that. Because yeah, in space, they didn't have space doctors or anything? They did. I just don't know that... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's covered in one of the books. <laughs> On the uh, celebrity couple front, why not get a little less weekly here? Uh, Brad and Jen became Brad and Angelina. Uh, Wait, no, no, not Brad and Jen. Brangelina. 
Sorry, Brangelina. So he broke up with Jen, right? Yeah. Anderson, yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes got engaged and she got pregnant. And uh, Prince Charles married Camilla Parker Bowles. And, uh, you know, I think that all of those headlines, aside from Katrina, really point to it being a lackluster year. Was that also the case in the music? Let's find out. <laughs> Save him an aisle seat. Yeah, with that, I think with that proclamation, you should start, Chris. So why don't you take the first spot? Yeah. Well, I will say, actually, I do think it was not a great year for music. Um, Okay. It's going to be one of those shows. I haven't had an embarrassment of riches the past few, few shows. Going to prepare for this one, I was really underwhelmed by the lack of really great titles. There were some good ones, but uh, I had to dig a little bit more than I expected to this year. For my first pick, I think I'm going to go back to the Paul Weller well. You know, we've we've talked about his sort of late period of his career as being lesser known and lesser appreciated. And in 2005, he released an album called As Is Now, and it's really good. And uh, I don't know, I really like him from this period a lot. The song I would like to play is called Blink and You'll Miss It. And I pass the torch to you, Thomas. Deep cuts.
Chris, you are an excellent proponent of latter-day uh, Paul Weller. I am. Back to the well well. You like him yes, better than Jim? Well. You like him solo better? I, I kind of do. I mean, yeah. obviously, if I can, like, cherry pick, this catalog is massive. True. So, like, if I can cherry pick from all of his... If I, I think if I picked like my 10 favorite jam songs or my 10 favorite Paul Weller solo songs, I might go with Paul Weller. Okay. All right. But, but I love the jam. Don't get me, and I love Style Council. Yep. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm a huge fan of all three phases of the man's career. You're here. He's and great. Honestly, I had snoozed on the solo stuff. So this is great for me. Oh, there's some great solo stuff. I kind of have an off, off topic question just i was looking at some other paul weller stuff just now and i also in doing some other research for tonight's show i uh, just for some reason this week i came across more metacritic stuff you know metacritic is sort of like a website that sort of aggregates reviews right. of records you know it's like yeah. whatever it's like like rotten tomatoes or something for music do, do, do we care about that at all does anyone care about that i i don't know whenever i go on i like to see what sort of Almost like what people who aren't critics are saying about sure. a record. I think it's interesting for that. But other than that, it's like I don't know if it really matters. I at feel all. I, I feel like music criticism is so completely wildly inconsistent. Whereas I feel like hmm. film and television seems to be at least drawing from the same basic principles. Where it feels like music criticism really is indi- individual sort of you know picadillos or passions it's a lot more subjective i I don't know i always feel like i don't trust critics when it comes to music like the number of times someone's shot on a record and i listen to it and it's just an amazing piece of beautiful work or vice versa you know or like pitchfork going back and being like yeah we were wrong about this you know um whatever nash not liking wilco or uh, robbie not liking echo we just you know we take it with a grain of salt And and also, I just think that like you know, a movie you can watch once and and have some thoughts on it. Whereas an album, you really need to take time with it. And it, you know, I I think that most critics probably don't get the chance to really absorb an album fully before they're forced to review it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so True. it just it feels yeah, like I like Rich said, it's wildly subjective. And I don't know. Well, you're talking about how it affects you or the impression it gives. I mean, when it's when an album has like a somewhat of a story, then it makes it a lot easier for the critic. They write about yeah. what the album's about. But I mean, a lot of the stuff we listen to, you can't say it's about no. anything, right? Yeah. So how do you write about something that's impressionistic to you? You're like, I don't know. I think a lot of it is also based upon time period. I'm up next, and I feel like the song which uh, I'm about to play is tied to this because oh. I'm going to play a mashup based upon Derek's choice last week of Danger Mouse's amazing sort of black, uh, sorry, gray album, which was like just such a bomb that went off. I loved mashups in 2005. I felt like they were fresh. They were exciting. They were simple. They were like punk rock. They were kind of like really simple, raw ingredients. Some of them were terrible. Some of them were really interesting. And some of them just made you feel so good about like your dueling cultures all merged together in a really fun way. So I'm going to play Decepta Freak on I hope you guys like it. It's Deep Cuts. He took the bomb. Mississippi 
So this is a mashup by uh, a group out of San Francisco called A Plus D. Um, I first heard this on a compilation that said the best mashups are from San Francisco. And I thought, well, that's a pretty bold statement. So I picked it up. This is the opening track. Um, this duo, uh, Adrian and uh, Mysterious D, they host a booty mashup club in San Francisco, which they ended up moving to L.A. I actually went to one of them, which was super fun. Yeah. What's what a I, booty mashup? I, I want to know about that. Yeah. You just Tell dropped more. That. You dropped yeah. that like it was self-explanatory. You know, booty oh. mashups. What? <laughs> well, booty is for bootleg, so right? Bootleg oh. means it's all illegal. I mean, for you it is. I mean, for the rest of us. But okay. <laughs> for Derek in particular. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll take that totally. offline. <laughs> but they would do these club nights that were basically just mashups, which means like it could be awful. And honestly, I was there and I enjoyed about 15, 20 minutes of it. And then it was like one time hearing just the wrong singer on the wrong track. And I got really burned out and was like, okay, I'm out. But they're super fun and they were exciting. And to me, 2005 was really about like, it sounded like a new genre was developing. I think it petered out, honestly. Um, I think it got too complicated for its own good. And I, I think that there's not a lot of fuel left in the tank of mashups. But that said, when this thing came out, I thought it was super, super fun. And it's uh, Missy Elliott, Get Your Freak On, mixed with Decepticon from... Um, La Tigre. Uh, from the Tigre. Right? Yeah, it's Kathleen Very Hanna. Simple. I, I thought I heard her. Yeah, there. and it's not complicated. It's literally two songs. It's the same concept, more or less, as what you know, the, the Grey album was. Fun, right? Yeah, I like it. That's sort of a wet leg feel, or wet leg throwing back. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Bill, you're up next. What would you like to uh, segue uh, to? Okay, what will I do? I'm going to go with a uh, a love song. Big surprise. It's a breakup song, but I think it's the most unusual one that I will ever play, or that anyone will ever play on this show, uh, because it's about uh, the breakup Bold. of a 
Antarctic Shelf. It is the strangest subject matter of any song that I can think of. It's about Larson B. Derek may know what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Antarctic Shelf, big ice shelf the size of Rhode Island or whatever, and it breaks off. So this is uh, British Sea Power. They're now called Sea Power. Blame it on Brexit. Um, yeah. But they, um, it's from their second record. It's an ode to a, a, an Arctic shelf. Olarsen B. Hit it, Tommy. It's deep cuts. Environmental love song. Is this a theme that we uh, should have probably explored? Uh, I don't know, it, it, but it, it's just the darndest thing. The lyrics are I great, mean, too. Yeah. I mean, these are the only song I can imagine that uses the word desalinate. He says, oh, Larson B, desalinate the barren sea. Aww. <laughs> I, like, I like these guys. I mean, that's yeah, that's definitely... Uh, you know, up their literary alley. I love this pick. I love this band. I think I kind of became aware of them probably in 2003 the, with their uh, decline of British Sea Power. 
record. And I really liked this record. And their 2011 record, Valhalla Dance Hall, was really great as well. But yeah, I love this pick. And I, There's, I, I how like about this uh, do you like rock music with waving flags? Oh yeah, that's a that's good a banger. Song. I remember. That's yeah, that's definitely a banger. Uh, but yeah, no, I love this pick. Fun fun fact, real quick. First, this is the first song I ever bought on iTunes, and I really, and I remember that because I bought it by using a, a code from a you know soda cap. You know, it was like drink a Diet Mountain Dew, whatever, and you get a free iTunes song. You know, you take off the cap. And- I thought they were giving away this particular environmental anthem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and you get a free British Sea Power record. <laughs> a love song about ice. Oh, that's lovely. But yeah, well, well, in the day, we had to, you know, buy on iTunes and getting a like a coupon through a bottle cap was like, like a big score. deal. Oh, that's, that's worth a dollar forty nine or a dollar ninety nine, whatever it was. In the song. day, dude, that's like that's like third, a third of my salary is basically like... goes up in that. <laughs> uh, Derek, as the resident environmentalist, where would you like to move us forward? Well, I don't know. I guess I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna kind of stay in the same field in the respect that I don't know. It just had a, has has a similar feel to it. It's a band called Stella Star. Some um, Brooklyn uh, art school kids. And I don't know. You know, over these past couple of shows, we've talked about all these bands that have kind of taken the kind of sounds. Uh, of bands that we loved in the 80s and kind of recycled them in ways that we appreciated. And uh, I guess what really struck me about this song and this band is that they didn't just recycle the sound. For some reason, this record and this song kind of recycled the feeling that I had when I listened to that that early stuff. Um, I don't know how they did it, but for me, at least, they really did. It was from their record, Harmonies for the Haunted. The song is called Lost in Time, and the band is Stella Star. Deep cuts, lost and found.
reminds me a lot about going to see concerts with you guys and like how it felt to be like in an auditorium when a band was having an emotionally sincere and powerful moment and you'd already been like won over because you're all the pop hits and now they were going to sort of say this is our statement this is sort of who we are as a band i, I like the song a lot it's a great yeah band. i'm amazed because i have before this week i'd never heard it uh it's a great song i saw derek had put it on our list or a potential list it's not on Apple Music, so I, you know, it was never even something I thought I could download. What was the name of that? Great St- Stella Star. Stella Star. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah, a great record like uh, with an asterisk the after the R, right? Yeah, with a little asterisk there. But the rest of the records, uh, you know, really great as well. Yeah, I mean, it's really overwrought in this really wonderful way. You know, yeah. like you picture me, you know, on some windswept cliff, you know, in a wet, <laughs> flowy shirt. You know, I hope so. <laughs> uh, but. It's, but it's great. I, okay. I love this record. It's it really good. Fun. That's that's a front runner for me, Derek. My yeah, well done. Nice it's got pick. a very editor's vibe. I love it. Yeah, that was the same year too, right? Uh, that there was a good editor's record this yeah. year as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're apparently competing for a Billy's vote. So, Rich, where would you like to go to get that? <laughs> it's going to be tough to tell. Stay, those but, guys are from Brooklyn. Um, I think I'm going to stay with Brooklyn, but I'm going to up the tempo a little bit. My continuing disclaimer for this decade. My scope is very net limited, so everything seems like a deep cut to me during these years. Uh, I apologize, but yeah, the songs I put on the playlist, or at least the bands, sometimes get repetitive. However, I have a picks I'm going to play tonight, bands that are kind of been on my periphery. I've had this debate about this band, LCD Sound System, whether they're brilliant or sometimes I go back and forth. Um, and I really like them at times, and sometimes they feel a little gimmicky to me, but it's a fine line between it is, brilliant and it stupid. It is, right? but I, you know, this might as well give a shout out. This was their they, they have their feet in both worlds, debut but. <laughs> studio album in 2005. Their self-titled LCD Sound System album. That Daft Punk song was a banger. Um, I forget the full title, but it's Daft Punk is playing at my house. My house. <laughs> so I picked kind of a simple. Simpler song from this record, they have a way of finding a hook and just pounding it into your head, and it's a very catchy hooks. So uh, without further ado, I uh, picked Give It Up from LCD Sound System debut album, 2005. Closing out round one, Keep Cuts. Thank you. 
about the same speed as uh, the Decepticon track I played earlier. They're super yeah. fast. Moves. Man, that's fun, though. God damn it. I'm waiting God for him to it. find the groove. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, James Murphy, you know, he's just kind of this, like, curator. He's, he's an assembler. Like, he sort of knows how to pick these disparate parts and put them together in this really great way. And he kind of knows what what things to kind of pull from different genres and put together in new ways and in and in just a really kind of infectious manner you know he's really good at what he does agreed he has sort of a, a little bit of a and this is probably maybe too high a compliment but he has a little bit of an andy warhol big concepts kind of a, approach mm-hmm. like his his a and ring and and how he sort of pushed certain artists and how he's committed to certain sounds and how much he loves disco, you know, and puts it into an indie rock context is kind of a fun. He's like fully committed to those ideas. And that's really part of his part of his shtick and maybe yeah. part of what makes him really unique and interesting. And I'm sure he's absolutely insufferable sometimes. Too. Yeah, I was going to add that part. If you've seen that documentary about there. Yeah, yeah I did. Oh, right. Yeah, that was not. I mean, but aren't we good. all a little insufferable at times? It's good. But geez, I could really do without some of those interview portions. Yeah, so I go back and forth on this band quite a bit from a love to a, uh, geez, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, we are back to the top of the deck. What is your second pick for the year 2005? That was quick. I feel like we were went around the horn pretty quickly there. Um, we did. But of course, I know Rich has dinner plans. So, Rich is just keep it moving. Got to keep his better half happy. So, keep it yeah. keep moving. All right. So, so with that uh, in mind, I've got this epic song. Yeah, I'm gonna, I've got a very a twelve lengthy, minute, a lengthy preamble to this next pick. No, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short. I think uh, I'm going to go with a Queen of Queens of the Stone Age track. In 2005, they had Lullabies to Paralyze. A pretty good album, um, all things considered. There, there's a song on it called Tangled Up in Plaid, which I like quite a bit. Uh, it, the opening song is is sung by Mark Lanigan. Josh Homey or Homey or whatever you pronounce it as um, handles the chores on most of the record. Um, and it's really good. I mean, especially if you like, you know, his other projects. And I do. This one's called Tangled Up in Plaid. Maybe a surrealist play on the Bob Dylan song from Blood on the Tracks, Tangled Up in Blue. But uh, I like this tune a lot, and it's a good album, and so uh, let's hear it. Deep cuts.
Should have some dental floss. Nice. <laughs> yeah, wow. man, uh, like I said, the man loves a chunky riff. I love the way he plays guitar. Like it's fuzzy and heavy and precise, and you know, he just whether it's Caius or this, I just I really dig his his uh, his wavelength quite a bit. You know, these Queens of the Stone Age records are kind of hit and miss affairs. You know what I mean? Like they could all be about four songs long. You know, but those four songs are really good. Oh, great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, same here. Uh, I'm up next. Let me... I'm what so is, torn. What are um, you mashing up? Oh, no. Yeah, you booty mashing? <laughs> <laughs> I, that that was a good example, actually, of a single. Like, it's a one song. I don't think anything else from that artist is, is particularly noteworthy. But I'll play a, an album that I loved all the way through. Um, it is an artist named Jim Noir. Uh, it is an album called Tower of Love. He is a British psychedelic singer-songwriter with a very kind of 1960s bent to him. It's one guy. He plays all the instruments. His name is Alan Peter Roberts. He's from Manchester. And I like this record a lot. Some of the songs that on this record got licensed a lot, so other stuff may be well-known. This is a just a deeper cut from the record, which I think is really great. It's called How to Be So Real. It is Deep Cuts Lost and Found. The year is 2005. It's Jim Noir. <laughs>
It's like one of those records that's easy to overlook because it's kind of charming and poppy, and and I just found it just to be riveting and just. What love year is this from? Two thousand five. Chris. Yeah. No, it sounds so much. It sounds so much older. All right. No, no. It, actually, uh, you, you're making a great point. I get which is it that now. It does yeah. not sound like twenty uh, two thousand five. And on the other hand, like he was what, like twenty three years old or something when yeah, he made this. Young, and he was a kid. Young. Um, All by himself. Every instrument is played by yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I like that. I never that's, heard of this guy. That was a curveball. New to me. Nice. Grammy's always good for the curveballs. Oh, anyway, it was fun. So moving on, it's Billy Federico. You're up the next. It's like you're embarrassed for all the compliments. Okay, just I move am. on, guys. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know. I'm upset. Okay, sorry. Aw, shucks, Billy. Uh, okay. I will do another song that I, um, well, a band that I purchased on iTunes. So, Mountain Dew, uh, again, Coke. Apparently, I know corporate sponsorship, yeah. right? No, Songs I didn't uh, pay for. Block, <laughs> right, Block Party was the uh, the band. They had their debut record, Silent Alarm, this year, and uh, I got into I think first with that Banquet song. But I'm going to play uh, the the lead track from the album, Like Eating Glass. It's not not well known, but it's uh, it wasn't a single, so I think I think I can play it. It's it's a banger. It's uh, you know, part of this whole sort of art rock revival that was going on in uh, in this part of the uh, early 2000s. Uh, you know, with bands like Wire Gang of Four, XDC. It's like 1980 was like the inspiration, I think, for a lot of these bands. So it's got a great spiky feel, a lot of energy. Again, it's a banger. It's uh, like eating glass from Block Party.
I think this is a, a good example of a song, man. When you, I'll just go back to the first time I heard this record. So, mm -hmm. a friend of mine had sent me a message, a text message, said I just saw Block Party. They're unbelievable. Had never heard of them. Right. This record hadn't been released yet. Like, like a week later, it showed up at the radio station. I was like, okay, let's see what these guys are all about. And I put this on, and I was like, oh my god, it's like Interpol and Cure had a baby, and like mm -hmm. it's it's angry, you know. And I was like, this is great. And this was the first song from the record, which I think is, again, a really good idea of just how does it feel when you first hear a band? This is their opening statement. And I think the next one is Banquet. Is it two or three? I forgot. Uh, no, the, the next record. one's Helicopter, which is a yes. phenomenal also, song. Also uh, a banger. In, in Banquet, I think, is four. Uh, but ban yeah. Banquet's a great song, I'm sure. That drummer is like, whew, working up a sweat, man. <laughs> That's why the drummers wear the sweatbands, the, the the wristbands. They have to sop up all that sweat. There is some work on that beast, man. Yeah. Can I say I like spiky? I feel like we say angular and other things, but I don't know if I've heard spiky. I like right. spiky. Oh, Spiky's good word. Thank you. Right, thank Spiky's you. good. Happy to use it, and I'll be using it liberally throughout the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Derek, you're up. So this is your second pick for the year 2005. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm going to change it up mood-wise. I don't know. This record really blew me away. It's the artist uh, Anoni. You know, at the time, uh, her band was uh, Antony and the Johnsons. This record, Fistful of Love, came out. And I just never heard a voice like this. Like, her voice was just unbelievable and so sort of otherworldly and beautiful. I don't know. This particular song kind of really struck me in the respect that um, it features Lou Reed I think it's this sort of perfect kind of, you know, passing of the torch moment between these two figures that are kind of doing similar things. And, you know, I was, I was looking into the song and came across this where, you know, somebody said that they both straddle the line between pop and avant-garde and they both were sort of rooted in, in the specific New York uh, art scenes that were both full of possibility and peril in equal measures also, but that they weren't they were unafraid to address topics that others would shy away from, particularly when it comes to sexuality and gender, yet they both do it in the way that makes the controversial uh, humanizing. You know, I think Lou Reed definitely did that in his sort of walk on the wild side, you know, his sort of discussion of a transgender person was like so normalized in, in that song. And I, I think uh, Anoni kind of does a similar thing. And it's just such a unbelievable record and uh the song is fistful of love from the band anthony and the johnsons from the record i am a bird now i was lying in my bed last night staring at a ceiling full of stars when it suddenly hit me i just have to let you know how I feel. We live together in a photograph of time. Now look into your eyes and the sea is open up to me. I tell you I love you And I always will And I know You can't 
pick up the hints, the little symbols of your devotion. And so I'm left to pick up the hints, the little symbols of your devotion. And I feel your fears And I know it's our love And I feel the wind And I know it's our love And I feel your Collect upon my body the memories of your devotion. And I accept and I collect upon my body the memories of your devotion. It's almost like a Memphis horns. Yeah, right. On the record, right? It's it's yeah. it's a very unique. It's actually unique for the record. That record was. Yeah, this is definitely a little different from the rest of the stuff on the record. It it feels almost like you went into a bar, right? And in many ways, is a perfect way of describing Lou Reed and and I think Anoni, just in the idea that they are very honest expressors of ideas in intimate spaces. Like, I can't imagine seeing, honestly, Lou Reed in a massive stadium. I feel like he's the kind of person you want to see in a small venue if you can. Yeah, it'd be tough because he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when he was all jacked jacked up in his sort of rock and roll animal phase, you know, I think you could have put him anywhere. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, especially during, like, the Walk on the Wild Side record, which was, like, strings and bigness. And, yeah, it's true. But it's a lovely track. I remember yeah. I love the title of this, I Am a Bird Now. I, for some reason, was so moved by that. Because once you listen to the record and you understand sort of who she is and, and what kind of an artist she is and what she's trying to explore, and then that title is just, I don't know, it's very beautiful. It just, it felt to me like a, like a Julian Schnabel experience in the sense it was like somebody who made a thoughtful record that it's really honest and is at the same time willing to explore the ethereal or something broader and bigger. Yeah. I don't know. I, just, I, I was really grabbed. I get certain, I get Nina Simone vibes. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's the greatest the, on the, on the Wikipedia entry to the, this record, someone says, you know, their voice is sort of a combination of Nina Simone and Brian Ferry. Or Elvis. And a little bit of Elvis. Yeah. Pretty, pretty spot on. Uh, in some ways. It's too bad but, Tom didn't come up with that. He's I know. It's definitely a Tom, Tom uh, uh, I'm, I'm sleeping on the He's off his apparently. game this week, but yeah. yeah. sad. But yeah, it's a great record. I, I, I note hints of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lavender. Uh, yeah. Rich, <laughs> where you want to go? You get to close out the All show right. tonight. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, to back to Manchester. This is a band, Sweet. ah, Mancunians. Band that I've been um, listening to a little bit more l- lately, and they've always been on my periphery, but never really uh, dove deep into them. But they're really tight band, well crafted songs. The band is Elbow. 2005, they had their th- mm. third third album, Leaders of the Free World. 
One of those bands that they play those catchy, slow songs that gradually build to something a bit more emotive. Or live, the band Live, I think of them, all their songs are just like, like mm. ridiculously slow at the beginning and ridiculously crashing at the... Elbow's a little bit more easy listening than that, I think. They've been playing together, these guys. Uh, Guy Garvey's the lead singer, songwriter. Most of the band's been playing together since they were like 16, I think, when they formed their first band and went through a couple title changes. Ended up with Elbow for whatever reason. But maybe it has something to do because you can't get your elbow in your ear. I don't know. Uh, I was thinking about that. What? You know, you try to put your elbow in. <laughs> what is that? The, Why now? The only... The, <laughs> Is this a Britishism that we're not aware of? Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> if you're looking for us to bail you out, it no, ain't going to happen. That, you know, you can't put your peck in your armpit. The only thing you should put in your ear is your elbow. Oh. Okay. Oh, of right. course. That, that old chestnut. I'm going to guess they didn't take okay. it from that. I'll do, well, I'm going to guess you had a really weird audiologist. In your I don't know why you would change your name. I think they used to be called like soft serve or something like that. And then they changed it to elbow. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> elbow. Anyway, let's let's play the song. Wait a minute. Would you go see a bangle soft serve? <laughs> Actually. Can we, can we just play the song? The song is uh, Picky Bugger. It's <laughs> oh, actually what is happening? Do you, just play it, Tommy. It's on. Deep Cuts Lost and Found. It's our it's, it's the last song of our second to last show. <laughs>
What you did there is you said you said booger. No, no O G E R, but it's picky bugger. It's picky bugger. I was, I was doing the Mancunian. There's a big big distinction Northern, there. You don't know the no, Mancunian uh, accent. Actor. <laughs> oh, he's a he's a, oh, he's a picky okay. bugger. <laughs> I'm with you now, but you know, say say it, a, That's yeah. why we laughed. Yeah. yeah, I got that. Let's picky, hear it, Rich. He's a picky bugger. bugger. Ah, there you go. Okay. Uh, there we go. All right. <laughs> well, that was satisfying. <laughs> I remember that record. I like those records. Not not as good as soft serve. <laughs> I don't think it was soft serve. No, it's something quite. soft. <laughs> Let's uh, switch over to uh, further listening. So, Chris, since you opened up the show, why don't you uh, give us your your further listening pick for the year two thousand and five? What would you recommend? I'm actually going to pick a movie soundtrack. Mm. Huh? Two thousand and five, uh, sort of a lesser appreciated Jim Jarmusch movie came out called Broken Flowers with Bill Murray and Sharon Stone. Oh yeah. And it's got some really good music in it. The standout stuff is by um, the Ethiopian sort of jazz musician, Mulato Astatke. Uh, Tom, correct me if I've mangled that. You pronounce it correctly, Mulato Astatke. Okay. But there's really good music from the Greenhorns and Holly Golightly. And it's just a really nice soundtrack that gives the movie, um, you know, a real sort of Jarmushian vibe. So, yeah, I'll. Um, I'll recommend that. It's really, really great soundtrack. I'll second that. I'll just say that, like, that was in many ways for a lot of people an introduction to Ethiopian jazz, which is an incredible genre of music, and it goes way beyond him. Just amazing. And I love that film partly because it was so idiosyncratic. It was just sort of a theme that kind of carried all the way through. And what a smart thing for Jim just to recognize that, you know, that artist had the kind of voice. It's almost like, to me, like The Graduate and the Simon and Garfunkel quality of sort of being a through line all the way through the movie of like the character's journey. Yeah. Jim Jarmusch and Jonathan Demme both do a really good job with, with music curation that matches the vibe of the movie and in a lot of ways enhance it. I don't know that I'd necessarily, you know, like urge everyone to run out and rent the movie necessarily, but definitely pick up the soundtrack. I'll, uh, I'll recommend a Swedish band. Shout Out Louds is the name of the band. Um, they put out a record called How Howl Gap Gaff. They were a Sweden... Stockholm, Sweden-based indie rock band. Very distinctive vocals. They were produced by um, Bjorn Yitling from Peter, Bjorn, and John, who almost everything he touches is just magical pop gold. And I think this is a record that just had a really great quality to it. How Howl Gaff Gaff is the name of the album from the Shout Out Louds out of Sweden. Um, Billy, what would you Ooh. recommend? 2005. Uh, okay. I'm going to throw it back to Depeche Mode, who uh, put out their 11th record in 2005, Playing the Angel. Bold statement. I think it's in the top five Pesh Mode albums. It's it's really really good. It had a great wow. single called Precious, which folks may know, but uh, also it stands out because it has three David Gahan songs, and he'd never written anything on any other records. And uh, he's got some really good ones, like Nothing's Impossible. So uh, check out Playing the Is Angel. Is that true? He'd never written any songs prior to that record. Not that made the record. Martin he was, was the singer and the front man. Yeah. Martin is very authoritarian. I mean, he's wearing the leather. He's got the hat, the boots, <laughs> the crop. Interesting. Yeah, the skirt. But it's it's 
I'm surprised. I, I'm surprised it took yeah. him that long. Just 25 years. Hey, who wants yeah. to mess with the fishnets, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a great pick. Uh, Derek, what is your suggestion for uh, 2005? An album by the band Low, uh, The Great Destroyer. Low out of Duluth, Minnesota. Kind of, you know, just a really important uh, indie rock band. Sadly, um, you know, you know, husband and wife team, Alan Sparhawk and Mimi Parker. Sadly, we lost Mimi Parker in 2022. Goddamn, this record's a bit of a departure for them, but man, it's unbelievable record. I love this record. It's just like the first three songs of this record, uh, Monkey, California, and Everybody's Song are just like the, a one, two, three punch like I've never heard before. Uh, it's such a great record. Uh, I'll second that. That's a yeah, good pick. Such a great record. But yeah, Lo, The Great Destroyer. I think I'll recommend a band we haven't talked about very much on the show. Um, Spooned, if you've heard of them, for some of the uneducated out there. <laughs> Tell us about this band. They are fantastic. And they put an album out. This is their third or uh, fifth album in 2005. Yeah. Gimme Fiction. Obviously, you guys have all heard of it, but maybe there's some folks out there that haven't heard of it and they should give it a listen if That's they right. haven't. That's right. I think it's the best album of 2005 and possibly top five of the decade. This album is wow. way up there for me. Oh, hot take. One of my favorite right. albums from this top decade. 20. I, not, I go top 20. I, I would not disagree with the best album of 2005, but that other claim right. is, is not. <laughs> It's yeah. nonsense on stage. Maybe we should have a, <laughs> my favorite spoon. Maybe we should have a, oh boy. a theme. All right, fight best songs of the decade. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, decades. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, that's, spoon, that's give me one. fiction. Check it out. <laughs> it's a great record. <laughs> great. All right, let's talk uh, uh, social media. So, one of the fun things of our social media presence is that we do the bonus show, which we're about to climb into when we do our yep. vote. We'll vote on our favorite uh, discovery of the night, and then uh, whoever wins is the leadoff hitter on that. That's on Patreon, but where That's else can you Patreon. find us? Yeah, we can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's what we got going on so far. Search for Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Feel free to drop us a note. Love to interact with folks. Uh, we had some good comments in the last couple of shows, so keep it up. We love it. I noticed there was one comment on, uh, I think it was like iTunes, but it was like a completely nonsensical one. It was just kind of silly. So we would love a thoughtful person to put a comment up on iTunes or yes, some yes. other place for season two. So it's not all season one. So again, I mentioned that we do this fun thing of the vote. Let me rattle off what we listened to tonight. And uh, we're going to basically pick from these what we think is the most exciting discovery. So first up, uh, Chris opened up the show tonight with Mr. Paul Weller of Style Council and The Jam fame, and obviously has an incredible solo career as well. The album is called As Is Now. The song is Blink and You'll Miss It. I followed up with A Plus D, a mashup from a San Francisco duo. Decepta Freak On is the, from The Best Mashups Are From San Francisco. Billy came in with British Sea Power, now just called Sea Power. Oh, Larson B, a love song for a uh, shelf in uh, the Antarctic. Uh, from Open Season is the name of the album, or I should say Open Season is the name of the album. It's from that album. Derek came in with Stella Star with an asterisk at the end, two R's. Lost in Time is the song from Harmonies for the Haunted. Rich came in with the LCD Sound System out of New York City. Give It Up is the same from their self-titled debut. Chris came in with Queens of the Stone Age, Josh Homme's band. Tangled Up in Plaid from Lullaby's Too Paralyzed. I'm sorry, Lullaby's Too Paralyzed. 
I came in with UK artist Jim Noir, a song called How To Be So Real from his album Tower of Love. Uh, Billy came in with Block Party UK band Like Eating Glass. This is their debut, Silent Alarm. I believe it's their debut. Um, Derek came in with Anthony and the Johnsons, now known as Anoni. Fistful of Love is the name of the song from her beautiful record, I Am a Bird Now. Rich came in with Elbow, Picky Booger from the Leaders of the Free World album from them. I guess they're fifth in a nice long series of amazing records. So, gentlemen, are you prepared to pop into the chat what you think is the most compelling pick? Yes. Sure. All right. Ready. On a one, a one, a two, and a three. Please pop it in. Ooh. Tie. We have a tie. Oh. Stella Star gets two votes. Block Party mm -hmm. gets two votes. Wow. So, huh? I voted for your Jimmy Noir. I uh, Fido almost won because I changed my vote at the very last second oh. from uh, from Fido's uh, so you know, close. from his uh, Sea Power <laughs> to because I was reminded that Jimmy that the Jimmy Noir song, which I really loved. Sorry. Uh huh. So I almost uh -huh. broke the tie myself, but I'm happy I didn't. Yeah, so close though, Billy. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right so chris and bill get to take it as the two no, derek, uh the two derek, derek and bill. i'm sorry derek and bill gets it as the two winners he was gonna show. vote for me we'll battle That's it true. out i'll let you take the first pick how's that Ooh, yeah. look at that that's very nice okay so on behalf of bill federico derek brain rich air chris nashwadi myself thomas golovich this has been deep cuts lost and found round 39 our penultimate show we got one more after this we're going to be doing album closers, which yes. should be a really interesting show. A lot of good heated competition in that one. Come on back for that show. Again, 2005 is what you listen to tonight. We'll catch you all next week. Hope you enjoy your week. We'll see you soon. Cheers.